first testimony. On January 4th, 1947, I wrote the following testimony in Yiddish to the Central Historical Commission, CHC, in Munich. The title was, What Experience in the Kovno Ghetto Left the Deepest Impression on Me? As we know, the Kovno Ghetto initially consisted of two parts, the so-called large ghetto and the small ghetto. The large ghetto was a former Jewish neighborhood, a densely built-up area, while the small ghetto consisted of the most part of detached houses and villas. Therefore, the Jewish ghetto administration decided to set up a hospital for contagious diseases in that section. This hospital was very important for our ghetto because of our overcrowded living conditions. An infected person had to be isolated immediately. We lived next to that hospital. For several days, there were unconfirmed rumors that did not bode well. Finally, on Saturday, October the 4th, 1941, it began. At daybreak, men on their way to work were sent back home. Through the dense fog in the market square across the road, silhouettes of people and cars slowly became visible. For three hours, from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., the unknown gradually dawned on us. Through the window, we could observe how the German soldiers and Lithuanian Hilfspolizei, the Lithuanian Auxiliary Police, our good neighbors, were forming groups. And at 8.30 a.m., the deafening bang of a rifle butt on our door and the shouts of, get out, echoed through our house. With small bags on our backs, the sign of the eternal wandering Jew, we went out to the market square. Passing the hospital, we noticed that it was under guard and saw terrified faces looking out to us from the windows. With cold blood in our veins, no longer able to sink, but with a sense of foreboding, we walked, or rather were driven, across the bridge over the Aryan street that connected the small ghetto to the large ghetto. We went to friends. Suddenly, there came a whisper, immediately followed by shouting from every direction. The hospital in the small ghetto is on fire. And trembling voices added, the patients were not allowed to leave. I do not remember how I got to the roof on the neighboring house. I only remember seeing smoke billowing out of the building across the street, flames like red snakes sticking their heads out of the windows and licking the roof. My heart stopped, and one thought kept hammering at my brain. People are being burned alive in there. One horrifying image after another was conjured up by my imagination, which was reality and reality mixed with fantasy on my forehead drenched in cold sweat. I felt that if I did not get down from the roof at once, I would soon be picked up from the ground. I climbed down, hid in a corner, and sought and sought. A week later, 
going back to fetch what was left of our plundered belongings, we were forced to pass the place where the hospital had stood. The black chimney stared at me silently. The remaining water pipes looked like outspread hands. To me, the hand seemed to be signaling the foundation recounting and the black chimney bearing witness to the terrible suffering, the faces distorted by pain, and the screams heard by no one. These were the methods employed by the German civilization. I am deliberately using the word civilization, not culture, because they are two completely different concepts to protect people from the infectious diseases. The doctor on duty, two nurses and all the patients, people who for the most part would have regained their health in two or three weeks, were burnt alive. There was a trade school in the ghetto where boys and girls learned a trade. I studied in that school. On one occasion, the students were given the topic to write about. What experience had the most profound impact on me? What I wrote then is the same as what I'm writing now. Now, after the concentration camps, after all the terrible suffering, when I consider what had had the most profound impact on me over the past five years, it is the image of the patients and the doctors being burnt alive. 